Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are continuing our No Longer Strangers sermon series that focuses on the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians teaches us about living as a community of faith that is not without conflict, but is full of faithful followers of Jesus who long to move from strangers to God and one another into embracing the gift of a family of faith. God calls us to unity, requiring humility and acceptance of one another. In this message of the week from August 15th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from the fourth chapter of Ephesians about how our individual gifts and callings are different, but equally important in the body of Christ. When we remember that we have different callings, but the same goal, unity arises and the body of Christ is built up. Here is the First Church message of the week. Why don't you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we gather here as a community who seeks to love you and to hear your voice, we ask that you would open our ears anew, that we might indeed hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. As you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So this weekend, we are continuing our sermon series, No Longer Strangers, Uh, and this is a series that is taking us through the book of Ephesians one chapter at a time. And this week, we are kicking off with chapter four. So if you haven't yet, it is definitely not too late. The book of Ephesians is a great entry into scripture because it's short and feels manageable, right? So there's a lot of information in this little book, but it's only six chapters, and so this week, we're going to read from chapter four. And one of the things that drove me out, you might know that part of as a pastor, when I go to prepare a message or what I might say to you all each week, I always start by reading the words that I'm going to share about over and over and over. And part of that process looks like, well, what word or phrase is jumping out to me? Or what confuses me and catches my attention? Or this week I got stuck on, um, well, almost the first word. It's technically the second word. The first word is I. And the second, so I is in like the letter I, right? Not the I I see out of. Uh, And then the second word is therefore. And so it marks a point of transition. And in this case, it is a transition away from what we've talked about in the first three chapters. We're at the halfway point, right? We've finished three chapters. We've got three to go. And it is a shift away from what we've focused on thus far. So far, we in chapters one, two, and three of Ephesians have talked about who God is and what God has done to help us to create community that we are invited to live into, how we're invited to move away from being strangers, right? In chapter two, it says, in Christ, you are no longer strangers, And in those three chapters, as we talked about what God is inviting us into, we heard about the importance of honoring and including one another in the way that Jesus first invites and includes us. Rooted and grounded in God's mercy, I love that chapter three wraps up, as we wrapped up last week, with a prayer a prayer that is offered on our behalf, inviting us to live into the fullness of what God wants for us. 
And so moving from that, they trans- it transitions naturally and says, having prayed for you, therefore, and I want you to hear what they are inviting us to say. I'm going to start reading in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. The words are on the screen if you want to read along with me. It says, I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, Just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, When he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ." We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, blown away by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Here ends our reading today. So I said before, there's a couple of therefores in there. Did you notice the transitions? Those always catch my attention because it always makes me wonder what we're going to or from. It makes me wonder if, you know, like Sandy was saying, we have all these parts, and I whispered to Abigail when she was done, gosh, we didn't even build the roof yet, right? We've got so many more parts than we always even think about. And here it says, therefore, in verse 1 of chapter 4, lead lives worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Lead lives worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, clearly I only speak for myself, but I hope that I speak at least in part for many of you as well when I say that this one simple but profound verse in Scripture, it pretty much summarizes most of how I long to live my life each and every day. 
Now, mind you, myself, like probably many of you, we fall short a lot and we don't get it right, right? But day in and day out, my hope and my goal is to live a life that is worthy of the calling that God has placed in my life. And one of the things that I love about living life in community, especially in a community of faith, is I do believe that we are all indeed called. I mean, it's hard to argue with when Scripture here says that we're all called, right? As a pastor, I know that sometimes people go, oh, of course you think everyone's called. You're a pastor, and you're called to be a pastor, right? Sometimes people say, well, you talk too much about that, Pastor Jen. But throughout Scripture, we're reminded again and again of ways we're all called, right? And sometimes, to be honest, sometimes we don't want to be called to the things we're called to, right? Sometimes we are called to be a part of building a house and everyone's like a realtor. I don't know any realtors. You know what I thought of after Sandy asked me to stand and be the realtor? I'm sorry if he's watching this morning. My brother's a realtor. She asked if anyone had family that's a realtor and I was like, nope, right? (laughs) Not so different and I'm not gonna name names, Rich, but sometimes when she asks if anyone here has ever done electricity work and they're, "Mm -mm, nope, right? Sometimes we're, we don't want to acknowledge the things we're called to. Sometimes we just don't want to do it in the spotlight, right? There are lots of different reasons that we, are nece- that we are sometimes shy about the things we're called to, but the truth is we are all called in some way or another. We are all called to serve God. We are all called to love our neighbors and to serve those who are in need, We are called to pray for those that we love as well as those with whom we most struggle. We are called. And as it tells us in our passage today, no matter the specific ways that we are called by God, whether it is as prophets or preachers or teachers or nurses or farmers or any other number of callings that we have in our life, The goal is the same, and that is to equip the saints. And saints, you know, we get carried away with that word sometimes. It means people who are being faithful to God. So we are trying to equip other Christians and one another. Hopefully those aren't too different. But to equip the people around us and to build up the body of Christ. Because the more we do things that we are able to help with, the more the people around you can do their jobs too. I mean, it's pretty hard to put a roof on a building that nobody bothered to frame, right? And so we do this in a number of ways. Some of these we know were listed in this passage that we just heard. In verses 2 and 3, it tells us that we're called to live. It's specifically, I love this, because sometimes when I talk about specific ways we're called, by the way, I'm guilty of saying, well, you're called to be a teacher or a nurse or these other helping professions. It's easy, right? No matter what you do, though, no matter if you are a stay-at-home mom or you work in the finance office or no matter what you do, no matter, this is what we are called to do. We are called to live with all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. No matter what you do in life, that's not who you are. 
who you are and who you are called to be as a person who loves God and who lives with humility and gentleness and patience. Don't we all want people to say those things about us, even if we know we're not good at all of them? Sure, I'm really patient on good days, right? There is one body and one spirit, the passage goes on to say. And just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all. Now, part of what I love about this passage and what I love about unpacking a whole book of the Bible at a time is there is a lot in that passage, right? I could pick any one of these verses we read today, and I promise I won't, but I could probably talk about them for an hour, right? This is a great Bible study material. If you aren't reading it at home, I hope you will. But basically what this says is that we should be living in a way that honors one another. And to do so faithfully should bring us together, should bring about a focus of oneness, that we can be united in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think, yes, isn't that what we all want? Doesn't that sound amazing? Aren't we so glad that we're part of an incredible church who is so different and who's all united perfectly? We know this, right? We believe that we are called to this. And many of you have studied it or taught it or heard the sermon, right? Because this theme of unity and honoring one another, it's not new. And for many of us, it's something that we all know without giving a lot of daily thought to. But part of the reason we have to keep talking about it is because it doesn't always come as natural to us as we want it to, right? And some of us, I'm sorry, part of my calling is to name those truths that make us wiggle and uncomfortable a little. And I know that some people love that and some people don't. And I can't even apologize for what God calls us to do, right? I'm trying to get us to move on a little. Part of what I get so excited about is that we're called to be living into this unity that's so beautiful and perfect. But does anyone hear that and also go, oof, like that is not our full truth, right? Clearly, I'm a little Norwegian, right? Maybe you sigh a deep sigh and oof is not your word. <laughs> But surely I'm not the only one who has that response, or maybe you at least understand why I have it, right? Because for me, that side comes for two big reasons. And one is that even though I try, and I hope you do too, I try to live my life in these ways every day. I really do. Reading this request straight from Scripture, reminding me of it again, though, Well, it's bound to renew my convictions and to remind me that no matter how much I think I am doing, God is calling me and you to something more. And so I'll leave that as a question of what that more is. We'll come back to that. But I want to invite you to consider what might it be that God is prompting or calling you to do. How might God be calling you to step up and to live more fully into your faith and into the vows that you likely made at your baptism? And as you consider that, I want to confess to you another reason I have this big, deep sigh in my, when I read these words. And it's because when I read these words and I think of how amazing it is to be united and how we're one body in Christ, I know that my mind cannot be the only one who thinks, but wouldn't it be great if we were really united in all things? 
right? There's that hard truth. It's pretty, and we can paint a picture, but it's not always our reality, right? I am, can't be the only one who knows that even if we are united and strong, there are divisions that too often take our energies up. Unity is a lot easier to talk about with a smile on our faces than it is to live into in every aspect of our lives. Not that it's impossible. We get a lot of things right, right? After all, we're here worshiping in one body of Christ. We are doing some of these things right. I hope that we are living into some of these gifts of peace and patience and the graciousness that we share with one another. We share one faith. We are gathered as one true body. We lift one another up. We pray for one another. There's a lot we are doing right. Those things we need to keep doing. But the other stuff, well, we've got some work to do, don't we? Now, while this list of ways that we're united is long and good and we're celebrating, we know that we've got some other of this work to do. We've got some of these other things that are quick to divide us, and I don't even have to go on with that list, right? You already are thinking about those things without me naming them for you, aren't you? Right? Maybe we disagree on, I don't know, pick your favorite thing right now. It's masks or vaccines or educational curriculum or political parties. I know you hate it when I say political parties, don't you? I just love to see people squirm when I say that because it's true. And the truth is, well, even if it's uncomfortable when I name politics and church, do you know why I do it? Because I believe that as a church, we should be able to talk about hard things. And if we can't talk about hard things in church, where can we? Where are we learning it? And so I name it not because I want us to be divided and I'm not going to start putting Republicans here and Democrats here and independents in the middle, right? But because I want us to acknowledge that the people sitting around us, the people that we love and that we have coffee with and that we study scripture with, we're not all the same. But God is bigger than those things that divide us. And so if we can't have healthy dialogue in church with people we disagree with about things we disagree with, then where are we going to do that? That's really what this scripture is about when it tells us to be united. It shows the power of Christ among us, the power that can unite us even when nothing else can. Because no matter who we are, no matter the details of the convictions we hold, the truth is God is not done with any of us yet. And the power of Christ invites us to be open to changing and to growing and to being transformed as God continues to call each and every one of us more and more and more to be faithful followers of Jesus. God calls each and every one of us, even and perhaps especially when we know none of us get it all right. And I hope we all know that none of us are all wrong either, right? Not even the person sitting next to you. And that's how we know that our diversity should strengthen us. Because we all have different callings, different gifts, different perspectives that can offer us hope. And we all serve one God of peace and of humility that unites us. It's too easy to focus on the things that separate or divide us, that keep us a reason, aware of reasons that maybe we shouldn't be together, or maybe we should mistrust one another. 
And to be honest, my heart breaks when I see this happening, and even more when I find myself a part of it. It breaks in those moments when I realize that we have become distracted from that which we should be. When we have allowed distractions to, well, to let us discuss issues before we discuss the people that they are talking about. Ephesians tells us that the gifts Christ gave us were diverse. And they, were div- they are diverse not to tear us apart, but as it says in verse 12, to build up the body of Christ. Our differences and our diversity, these things are a gift, a means of uniting us and helping us build one another up. And it is only with the diversity of our gifts in ways of interacting with God and each other that this passage suggests only then, only when we embrace these gifts can we ever come into maturity of our faith. And so it makes me wonder, that question we talked about before, how might God be calling you to take that next step in your faith journey, to live more faithful in, more faithfully into what God is calling you to do? How is God inviting you today to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called? Because the reality of our differences and our different gifts, they're already before us. They're already a part of us. And the choice before us is how we might use these gifts and these differences as strengths. The choice before us is how we're going to use them to dig deeper and to reach further and to grow in ways that sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable. And to do that for the sake of building one another up. And to do so not for our own sake, but for the sake of Christ who has called us into this unity. Unity, by the way, this is a word that gets overused sometimes, I think. Unity is not uniformity. We can come together and be united without all being the same, believing the same, looking the same, praying the same. Unity is a gift that we can only fully live into when we embrace the ways that we are different and the variety of gifts that we are given. And so here in this place and throughout our community, there's lots of needs and places for those gifts. Sometimes... Well, I think of our prayer team as a place where we need people who are called and equipped and gifted to just pray. Those are the kinds of people you want in your corner, right? They're the folks who gather every week with a list of names and people and situations before them. And I got to tell you, I have been to some of their prayer meetings. By the way, it's not even led by a pastor. It's important to name that many of our most important ministries in this church are led by you all, right? This is the kind of group and ministry that they're living into these gifts that they are given. Well, there's other gifts too. Prayer is really scary to some. Whatever those gifts are, maybe you're called to work on gifts of humility and gentleness and patience in your life. Or even just one of those. Those all sound pretty hard some days, don't they? Or maybe God's calling you to step into a new role, whether it's praying more or serving as a nursery volunteer leading a Bible study or small group, maybe visiting members of our community who are homebound or shut-ins, maybe helping with our children or youth programming on Sundays or Wednesdays. 
Maybe God is calling you to be a smiling face to greet at the door when folks come in to visit. Do you know that when folks visit a new church, usually they've made a decision on how they feel about the congregation within 10 seconds of walking in the door? Are you someone who carries a gift of joy and welcome? Because that's what we want our, our, our congregation to exude, isn't it? 10 seconds. Did you know you make decisions that fast? Right? How is God calling you to live into this life? A life that is even more worthy of the calling to which you have already been called. How might our lives be different if both as individuals and as a community, we lived more fully into these gifts? Friends, my hope and my prayer and my invitation today is that we would find out together as together we seek to grow in faith, maybe to take some new steps as we seek to grow in new ways and to grow by giving of ourselves to the one who has first given his all to each and every one of us. Friends, as we give ourselves over to Jesus anew this day, might we truly live into and embrace the gifts that he has already given us. Let's pray together. Faithful and loving God, we give you thanks for the callings that you place on our lives, for the invitation that you give us to honor you with the diversity of all the gifts that we have, those realized and those we do not yet know. God, as we embrace these gifts, might you help us to be bold and faithful and kind as we seek to live into the gift of unity over uniformity. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.